The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Charlie Cairns. Charlie and I have an ongoing wonderful relationship in our concern for the greatest good of our children here on planet Earth. And I'm absolutely delighted that Charlie will have the chance to share his message, his insights, and his awareness with you today on the show. Welcome, Charlie. Thank you, Peter. It's great to be with you. Hello, everyone. So I'd love you to begin by actually giving our listeners a little bit of background as to who you are and and what led you to uh, this very beautiful and wonderful uh, process that you've developed called Imagining Learning. Just just tell us how you got to that. Well, um, most of my life I've been in a teaching capacity. I've taught everywhere from... Uh, middle school up to graduate school, but I also had a 15-year career in business, so a very kind of unusual combination, but always in business was teaching as well. So um, I think one of the things I've begun to understand is that I was involved with mentoring young people most of their lives, uh, or most of my life, so um, I had that journey and that love of young people in my heart uh, for many, many years. And I had a deep love-hate relationship with education. Uh, Most of my life I had three children who suffered through public school systems and private school systems, Uh, one who quit at age 16, one who told me at age 16 he was just waiting to graduate so his life could start, and a third one who um, told me that she just knew how to play the game and waited until she graduated to move on with her life. And I felt very frustrated uh, most of the time during my kids' schooling. Uh, all that aside, I years later, a few years later, maybe up to ten years later, I was um, living in the Bay Area, San Francisco, I was teaching graduate school and undergraduate school at a university, um, and night was uh, sitting on my sofa reading the book uh, Synchronicity by Joe Jaworski, uh, actually rereading it, and um, all of this energy kept swirling around in me, and I kept feeling more and more energy building, and I couldn't figure out what was happening, and 
at chapter 16, and for some reason I'll never forget it, chapter 16, I left my body. And I had what I would consider an out-of-body experience where I literally had no sense of being in body any longer. I was in a very dark place. It was very beautifully quiet and peaceful, and I felt very safe and very loved. And and then um, all of a sudden, I began to hear the prayers of young people from all over the world, and I could understand their, what they were saying, no matter what language it came in. And um, it was a really profound experience to be able to hear them because there were two things they were asking for in the praying. One was that the elders on the planet would step forward in a way with them so that they would feel seen and heard. There was a great aloneness in their voices, a great sense of a lack of disconnection with what was happening to the planet. And hand in hand with that was a message that was, we have come to the planet to create a transformation, and we need your help in bringing that forward. Um, And so... I listened for a few minutes, it seemed like, and then the next thing I knew, I was back in my body. My whole life was exactly as it had been, but everything inside of me um, had changed. And uh, it was such a dramatic transformation that I sat there and I thought to myself, well, how in the world am I going to answer what I've just heard? You know, how? what am I going to do about it? sure how I made the leap, but the leap that I made was that the best way that we could as elders on this planet lead and answer the types of things that I heard from the young people was to recreate and reinvent or transform education. That it was not a system in which young people felt they were being seen and heard. And in fact, they were struggling mightily, and we can see that in a lot of the statistics today, like a 25% average national dropout rate, up to 42% in some communities, meaning almost two out of every four kids doesn't even graduate from high school. Uh, 33% engagement rates in the classroom, so that means that only a third of the children uh, that are in class say that they're actually engaged with the material that's being offered. And... Um, I think those, to me, are just uh, signs coming and messages coming from young people asking us to listen and to do something about it. So, Charlie, obviously the experience you had, there was information that that was clear that came through, but I'm assuming there was also a very major emotional connection to what the children were telling you. Yes. um, I think maybe the best way I could say it is that... uh, I'm an Aries, Peter, and Aries love to have visions and they love to start things, but they don't like to necessarily finish them. And that would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> and so here I am five and a half years later as fired up, as excited and passionate about it as I was the day I started. And if not more so because um, this journey has been a deep spiritual journey for me about how do I, as an elder, walk the planet in a way that young people feel seen and heard? 
So what so, happened next? What, how did you then shift from that uh, incredible vision and awareness and that incredible enthusiasm? What the, how did that lead into Imagining Learning? Well, it was um, really uh, an interesting thing as I was teaching a research class at, a univer- at the university I was at, and I thought, well, I looked around and I thought at first I would study what other people were saying, um, some of the major business gurus were saying, and maybe we could apply that to education. And very quickly, that wasn't interesting to me. So I thought, well, what should I do? And then, you know, this memory of the vision goes, well, go speak to young people. Go listen to them. So I thought, all right, well, we'll develop a process to go see if they were given a blank slate and they were given um, no boundaries and absence of all adult voices as best we could do it, what would they create for themselves if they wanted to learn? And so I walked into my class uh, at the beginning of the semester and I said, would you guys like to develop a three-hour process for teenagers to go through that where they would, you know, lay out their vision to transform education, and the whole class was just like that. And so that's what we did. We began to develop a process, um, and we tested it in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, and then we grew it into more and more listening sessions until now we've done 20, predominantly on the West Coast and in the South. So perhaps you could just lead us through what the uh, what the process actually is like for the, for the kids in that three hour process. I'd be happy to. Um, every listening session, I think what you have to sort of start with is a realization that young people are not being invited into the conversation about how to change education, even though more than fifty percent of their days are their waking hours are spent in education involved in it in some way, when it comes to the discussions about how to transform it or change it, it's, they're just not being invited most of the time to participate, and they certainly aren't being to help make decisions about it. So there's a high level of cynicism, a high level of a sense of defeat, a high level of a sense of distrust of adults who would walk in and say, we really want to know what you think. So I decided that we needed to uh, make the listening sessions small and intimate. And there's, there usually are between 6 and 11 young people between the ages of 13 and 19 involved. And those, um, typically a magic number is 8, and that's the number we shoot for most of the time. And we try to bring together a really diverse group of kids um, mixtures of male, female, and uh, all diversity of backgrounds and origins and really have them uh, involved with each other in a way that they've never really worked together before. And so we open and close a session in circle. And I think it's really important to open in circle because it's an it's a sense of quality. There's an opportunity for trust to begin to develop. And since the listening session only lasts three hours, we have to develop trust and uh, a sense of togetherness really quickly. So I begin the sessions by really asking and, uh, them to share a little bit about who they are, but more so explaining why we're there and why their presence is so important 
because by participating in a listening session, a young person is really representing hundreds of thousands of other young people that are involved in education around the country. So, because they're so intimate, so they can't, we just can't do huge numbers of them right off. So we create a safe, nourishing, and a creative listening space that tries to be as free from judgment and as free from adult voices as possible. So I tell them that the space is theirs. I will not enter into it other than to guide them through the, the process. And um, we establish very simple guidelines. Everyone participates. Everyone's opinions are valid. No wrong answers. And there are no boundaries. This is your time to tell us how you would dream uh, a learning experience for yourself. And so after we get agreement on that, um, in the middle of the circle is our big 11 by 17 sheets of paper, markers, crayons, pencils, um, and they grab that stuff, and then we give them a sheet of paper with eight questions on them. Now, these eight questions were have been designed to take them out of their heads and out of the space that of knowing what's wrong with school because the listening session is totally appreciative in nature and start moving them into their heart space so that their soul can begin to emerge, can begin to really speak some things that perhaps they haven't been talked about or been allowed to or even allowed themselves to say. So we we ask them several questions like uh, in the eight questions, here's a couple of examples. If you could offer one piece of advice about how to support young people on the planet today, what would it be? Or who was your favorite person when you were younger, and what did it feel like to be with that person? Um, Imagine you've been given the chance to define what makes a successful student. What would that definition be? So they take about 20 minutes and they answer the questions and then we come back into circle and we share the answers with each other. Charlie, I'm just, going to, I'm just going to hold you at that point because we're at our first break and it's a good okay. time to break and we'll return after the break and continue with this uh, beautiful process that uh, Charlie has developed. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. If you are looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, you'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are. Thresholds to Awakening. Enter your darkness to find your light, where Sway speaks with spiritual luminaries, cutting-edge thought leaders, and experts in the field of transformation. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com. All sorts of information there, my monthly newsletter and all the archived radio shows and what we're doing in the world today. And www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light program. We have a class every two weeks. In fact, we have one tomorrow evening at 5.30 where I give an update on what I believe is happening in the world energetically, astrologically, uh, actual experiences. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun show and it's right up to the minute, up to date as this beautiful world is unfolding. So www.petertongue.com and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. I'm with me today, Charlie Cairns, and Charlie, we spent uh, the end of the first segment just beginning to go through the process of imagining learning and Charlie I was getting a bit emotional myself because for adults to actually ask children what's important to them and what they would like to do in their education it's just wonderful so please continue with the process well thank you Peter one thing I was going to say is that in in developing the process what I had to really do was three things one is I had to really let go of all my blame and judgment of the learning journey I had in my own life and come to a place of neutrality and uh, just a space of open compassion for everyone involved in education because we're all really trying to help young people as best we know how. But the other thing is was to learn as a facilitator how to create a space that had no judgment in it and had none of my opinion in it so that what enters into this space is purely their own voices. And when you facilitate that... Um, you have to watch, you know, that you don't develop competition and a sense of other things like um, telling them, you know, maybe your ideas aren't good enough. So, um, so there was a deepening that I had to go through spiritually in order to really be able to walk into this more fully and open the space more fully for them energetically. So what I was sharing is is that the first part of the listening session has these eight questions and. Um, once the students, they, first of all, typically the questions they're answering, they have never been asked in, at that level. And secondly, they've never been in a sharing environment a lot of times where they've shared the answers this personal with each other. So, you know, developing a sense of trust, opening up is what's sort of happening as we go through these questions. And once we conclude with the eight questions, um, the second thing we do is move into a storytelling phase. And the question we ask them for this is, can you tell us a time in your life when somebody else's wisdom changed your life? You know, who was there, what was happening for you, and what was the outcome as a result of what they said to you or did for you, however the story might unfold. And, and so we go through this 
a few minutes, give them a few minutes to write these stories down, and then they read them or share them with each other. And they're absolutely beautiful and phenomenal stories that um, just can range everywhere. We've had tears, we've had laughter, everything in between. Talking about a sense of connection that they experienced at a profound level in some instances that saved their life and other instances that set them on a whole new journey in their lives so that they're really talking about a, a deep sense of connection with someone or something, uh, some, some group of people potentially. And so what the beauty of that is is that by the time they're done with that, they're pretty much in the heart space and they've pretty much shared enough that we think they're ready to go and do a visioning process together. And so we've been looking at the group and uh, seeing who would possibly work well together and keeping in mind we have eight students there or eight young people there because they might not be in school. Um, we divide them into two groups of four. If we have more kids, we'll work it out and maybe have three groups. And uh, we try not to have more than four in a group. And... Um, so I, I asked them to take a couple of minutes and go into a guided meditation. And in that, we sit very, very quietly. And um, we go through this process of emptying. I want them to empty their cynicism, empty their disbelief that things can change, empty any anger they have, open to possibility, you know, open to a new vision and to listen to the voice that's deep within them that has been talking to them all along that they've probably heard but not really recognized as a deeply intuitive voice that will really bring forward their own wisdom. And so we do that for a couple of minutes and go through it and um, come out of it in a place of, uh, I think, real openness. And so then I look at them and I go, okay, here's your chance to tell the world how you would transform education. We're, there's only one thing that's going to happen in this process, and that is we're going to lay out a 53-inch by 72-inch sheet of paper. So that's four and a half feet by six feet, big sheet of paper. And once you've created your vision with each other, we want you to come back to this piece of paper and paint that vision uh, on it. And all four of you will paint it together. So this is the co-creative part where they sit um, off in a group and they work through how what their vision is for changing education, creating it in a way they'd love to be a part of it, and then they come and paint it. And what's interesting is we give them 30 minutes to do that. And some groups are ready in 10, some groups are ready in 20. We've had one group that took no time and actually understood and shared everything. I don't know how they did it. And um, so at the end of the 30 minutes or so, they're all painting. And for the next 30 minutes, the energy in the room just skyrockets as they, the visions that they have start to take form. And then they elaborate on them and they build on them and they get new ideas. And then the next thing you know, at the end of this hour process, we're looking at these two phenomenal, brightly colored paintings that are all done with, you know, tempera paints. So it's all like back at grade school. And so the paintings are just these beautiful expressions and stories of their visions. Um, so once they're, they've completed that, we, we have each group stand up and share it with the other group and with any people that are in the room. There's usually two or three adults, and that's it. And um, 
And then uh, we, we tape and uh, photograph everything that they say so that we have word for word what they've said as a description for their painting. And then we um, sit down in a closing circle and I thank them from the bottom of my heart for this great experience that they've, you know, given me, but also given each other. And then I ask them and open the circle up and just say, you know, how was this for you? And the number one statement that is made over and over and over again, Peter, is, thank you for asking. No one is asking us what we think. And it's a really tough thing to go through. And I even had a group in Mississippi say no one would even come here to ask us what we think, wow. which was just heartbreaking. But the second thing they say, which is so beautiful, is, can you come back tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so it's really wonderful. But the number one thing that they talk about as the process is, is they gained a sense of empowerment that their future doesn't have to be the way it is now. And that most say, I've never had a thought that, that school could actually be like what, we, what we've created. So like one girl said, I wasn't going to have children, but if you create a school like this, I'll have kids. <laughs> you know, and another one said, um, I wish this school had been created a long time ago which was a really poignant remark about where he felt he was in his life versus what he had just been through. So that's the process of the listening session and, um, you know, how it evolves and how it actually works. So, Charlie, it's going to be hard for you to do this, but can you give us a little bit of um, an overview of what the children are actually saying about their education? Yeah, I would love to to see. Um, I think what I'd like to do is tell you why we're doing this overall. I believe that, um, A, since young people aren't being asked what, how they would transform the system that is being, that was built for them, that there isn't a listening per se for them, so that we are working to create that listening. But we're working to create it at a national level, not at a local level. And it's possible to do it at a local level, but I felt like we needed to create something that nationally young people would have a a national platform to say how they felt. So what we're doing by doing listening sessions all around the United States with kids from all walks of life, all backgrounds, um, is um, assembling a group of stories within each of the paintings that contain a set of themes. And if you do these painting, this group, the listening sessions over and over again, eventually you get to a point where there's a set of emergent themes, themes that have been repeated over and over and over again. And those themes we're calling the national collective voice of young people. This is the collective voice of what young people around the country are asking people in power, asking parents, asking administrators and teachers to do with school. So I'll just give you a few uh, themes because what they're asking is profound and it's deep and it's going to require something of us that I think it will scare us a lot as people to take on, but I think that we have everything we need to be able to do it. So here's a couple of themes that you would probably expect to hear. 
one of the biggest ones is I want self-guidance. I want to be able to create a learning journey on my own. One of the paintings, they had a, a, a human figure lying on his back, and out of his back was growing a vine. And they said, this represents a curiosity learning. We ought to be able to follow where our curiosity want takes us, and we should be able to go in many different directions. So they want a sense of crafting their own journey, but they want our help in doing it. They don't want us to tell them how to learn, but they want us to help them learn. Uh, a second thing is that they want a much more experiential education. They believe this, every, and it comes out over and over again, they believe that experience is really the best teacher. So uh, that one you could probably expect to have learned. And then another one is there. Um, they really want passionate learning supporters. So whether they're teachers or administrators or their parents, they want them to be passionate about what they're teaching them. Now, there's also some really interesting uh, universal themes, kind of. So before you before you go on, okay. Charlie, we're coming up to our second break. So we'll take that break now, and we'll talk about those universal themes on our return. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porozhik and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I just want to take this opportunity to thank my sponsor which is through Sherry Chase 
of Chase International Real Estate Company in Lake Tahoe, also connected to the www.myheartcenteredjourney.com website, and also all the uh, engineers and production managers and uh, producers at Voice America, uh, Matt and Roland specifically, the engineers and my producer Brandy, for enabling me to present this show and, and provide for you, the listeners, all the wonderful information that you receive weekly from our guests and just a, just a wonderful piece of information that I learned just last week is that there are listeners in over 100 different countries listening to this show uh, over the last few months. So I'm really grateful to all of you who are listening and part of this phenomenal awakening journey that's taking place here on planet Earth. And not least of that is, is one of the, the great people on the show today, Charlie Cairns, talking about this wonderful imagining learning process to give children a voice in their own education. So, Charlie, before the break, you were about to talk about some of the universal themes that come through from the children in your, in your uh, sessions. Yeah, Peter, thank you, and congratulations on that. That's wonderful to hear um, about all the people that are listening everywhere. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, the, one of the, in one of the paintings, and I, I would like to say this, if you're interested in looking at the paintings while I talk about this a little bit, our website is uh, www.imagininglearning.us.us. So um, if you go to the gallery, you can see the paintings as they're painted, and they're phenomenal. Uh, but one of the uh, groups painted, and he took a plus sign and an equal sign and combined them into one symbol, which they said stood for equality and unity. And there's this tremendous sense that um, they want to learn together, that the learning journey that, that the young people go on should not leave out some and favor others, but that every one of them should be traveling together. In another painting, there's a, a boat floating over the mountains, but what's lifting it over is uh, a set of strings attached to books, which serve as the, the lifting device. But they said, we're all in that boat together. So there's not this sense of um, getting a sense of gain for themselves. There's a sense of beautiful transparency that we all got to go um, to do this together. So I think that's one of the uh, one beautiful piece about them. A second painting uh, that sort of captured something is was written "Foundation of Love," and within almost all of the paintings, you'll see hearts, and you'll see this grow. Those you'll see vines, and you'll see all this sense of wanting to be held in love, in a sense of deep care, in a place that is really warm and alive where they feel nourished. And I think a key word for them would be, you know, nourishment is something they're really longing for within their learning. Uh, and the third thing is that nature is essential. And um, I hadn't really thought about this going into the process, but almost all the paintings have themes from nature in them, whether they're trees or vines or... Uh, streams and rivers, it just depends on what they choose. But they say, we want to learn from nature, we want to be in nature learning, and we want to partake and eat of natural, organic, healthy foods. And this happens over and over again. So 
so there's this sense within their voices that they realize that nature has something that they're feeling very disconnected from in the large school systems that a lot of them are involved in that keep them, you know, indoors except for certain times. And so um, there's a deep longing to go back and be with nature. So that's um, some of the universal themes so far that we've seen emerging. So um, just the, what, what, is, what is happening? What are you doing with the paintings themselves? Uh, um, our vision is that in uh, we would like to do 50 more listening sessions around the U.S. We've done 20 so far. And we've done mainly the West and the South, so there's a lot of other regions of the country we want to go to. But with the idea that at the – so out of every listening session, you get two paintings at least, maybe three, depending on the size of the group. And so the idea is that in perhaps about 2015, maybe a little earlier, we want to hold a national art exhibit and intergenerational educational conference where all of the paintings are on display in a huge space with the visions as they were spoken by the young people with their names and their photographs surrounding them so that this space is filled with the energy of young people and filled with their visions and their wisdom. And then uh, announce the emergent themes that came out and what the key themes of uh, the uh, findings were from the project and then lead that from there into intergenerational dialogues with adults and young people from around the country meeting to talk about the, what, what has just been presented and shared, and then to take that on the road and do it in community after community around the country. So there's a real definite end vision that we have to this that will open up all sorts of possibilities, we think, for young people to have a real voice in the future of education and really help transform it because they have something powerful to say. Now, Charlie, you've also worked with children from very, very diverse backgrounds of, of, of uh, cultures and, and financial uh, abilities, um, some with absolutely nothing and some significantly well off. What, what has that been like in terms of the children's response? Have, have you noted any differences or similarities? Um, I would say that I haven't noticed any differences because, partly because I'm trying not to be in judgment. But what I have noticed is the, that the, the human soul is the same no matter what background they're coming from. So the soul starts to speak, and it wants things that are life-affirming, you know, nurturing, things that bring about a sense of uh, enjoyment, a deep sense of light. I was writing an article the other day about, you know, when you think of a young child fully at play, there's this tremendous sense of curiosity, there's no boundaries, there's this deep, passionate, flowing energy, and they move and they, they just go everywhere with the greatest delight and excitement. But then as we go, you see your children go through the school system, you begin to see the light dim. And so one of the things that I think that we really are looking at is the soul within these children is saying, I want to be that bright light all the way through until maybe I'm even brighter than I was, you know, 
at the, when I started on the planet. So I think there's a real desire to try and create a, a learning that comes from all of them. I don't, I, and, and that's the thing that's blown me away the most and I think has been the most beautiful. And what sort of response do you get from the, uh, the educators, the teachers, and the administrators of the schools? What's their approach to you? Um, I feel like we've been welcomed in uh, 99% of the cases when, like I was in Seattle and I was at the Seattle Center and I, I walked in and the principal at the time was Lisa Escobar and, and I found out there was a high school in the Seattle Center called Center School. And so I went in, met the principal, and 15 minutes later, I had, uh, she was like, yeah, come do a listening session. So like six months later, I came and we had this phenomenal experience. Um, I've had parents call and invite us and we've had uh, principals call and invite us. So uh, in the beginning when I did this, I had to really kind of look for places to do listening sessions because we were new. But today we have 49 or 50 communities right now that have requested we come and do listening sessions there. So I feel like there's a real interest and a real passion that people have for hearing what young people have to say. And on that note, uh, Charlie, I know that you're in a a fundraising campaign now to enable you to be able to go to all of these places. So this seems to be the natural time to talk a bit about that. So just just let our listeners know about your fundraising campaign and and why it's necessary and what they can do to support. Thank you, Peter. I'd like to say to the audience that, first of all, for the first five years, I self-funded this myself. And the reason I did it and the reason I'm doing a crowdsourcing campaign now is that I did not want to get involved in situations where there might be stipulations placed on what the outcomes had to be to our process. I wanted to stay in a space of unknowing. And the only way to do that, and the only way to create a safe, trusting space for young people, I felt, was for us to really be able to move at our own pace and do it in our own way, keeping the space as pure as possible. And what happened is we've just grown so much over the last, especially over the last 12 months. We have a young man named David Lloyds who's come in, and David's just really uh, done a tremendous job. of his, His title is Seed Steward. So he's just been planting the seed everywhere, <laughs> and it just really exploded. And uh, uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr, and he just understands social media so much more. And he teaches first grade, and he's just this great guy. And uh, so, you know, our feeling was that to really keep the space as pure as possible, we needed to do this, but now we've got all these communities all over the country that want us to come so we can fulfill our vision, we, and then to do it more quickly, we just need the resources to do it. So it costs about $500 for a listening session, and 90% of that is, uh, I mean, 95% of it's our travel costs. I receive no compensation for doing any of this. David, I want to get a little bit, but he doesn't really get very much, and he just gives his time away uh, over and over again. And then uh, the rest is art supplies and paper and things like that. So the money that people would be donating would be direct, going directly to our getting us to those communities. So you can think of it this way. For 500 people... Eight to ten kids can have a transformational experience and can share with us a powerful vision for the future of education. For $60, 
one child could get that experience. So it's a great opportunity for um, us to be able to reach out to people all over the country and say, will you please help young people speak their truth? And so the site, I think at this point, we our fundraising campaign ends tomorrow, but you can go to our site and donate at any time. So just go to www.imagininglearning.us, and there's a button for international donations and for um, another button for U.S. donations, and um, it'll take you right to PayPal, and donations can be given uh, typically through PayPal. If you want to write us, send us a check, you can send it to Imagining Learning at 31 Arrowhead Lane in Waynesville, North Carolina, 28786. And I just want to say to you in advance, if you do choose to give, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thanks, Charlie. That's brought us up to our final break, which we'll take now. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Happen to be today, Charlie Cowns, who's doing us a beautiful, heart-centered rendition discussion about uh, listening actually listening to our children and what they would love to have in their education 
And just before the break, Charlie was mentioning that they are in the midst of a fundraising campaign to enable him to travel the country and listen to the children. So if you are interested or would like to donate, www.imagininglearning.us. Uh, you can go there and look at his work and also uh, make your contribution if you wish to. So Charlie, having gathered all this information and getting a real sense of what the children would perceive that they would like to have in their education, do you think there's realistic potential for actually putting this into practice? Yes. <laughs> and that's, a, that's a, an overwhelmingly yeah, big yes in one way. And, and then in another, I think if we use our physical eyes and we look at the current situation we're in, it could be um, seem insurmountable. I remember as I was an over-the-road bicycle rider, Peter, and I learned a great lesson. That if you, when you come to a mountain and if you want to go over it without ever getting off your bike, you never look up. You just look right over the front of the wheel. And I think that if we could um, together sort of say, okay, we're not going to look at what that outcome has to be, but instead we're going to look right over the wheel at playing together in how to transform education, I think we'd have a phenomenal opportunity to do it if the adults would let go of judgment of what they know, of believing that they know best, and just create a place of play where every idea is possible. And one of my dreams is that someday to lead a community of people through this process of visioning together, just like a listening session, how they could actually create a new learning journey that transforms education in a way that they and nobody else would have ever imagined. I think we have everything it takes to do that. We have a whole new level of consciousness on this planet that far exceeds the consciousness that was there 150 years ago when the system was created. We have a whole new way of seeing and holding each other on the, arising on the planet that didn't exist then, so the system can't hold our young people in the way that they want to be held today. And I think also there's this incredible um, gift that we have now through technology and through um, all sorts of things to be able to learn in many different ways at many different times, just instantaneously, like this show can be learned from from now on all the way into the future. So there's all this potential, and I, one of my the key questions that's been driving me from the beginning is, how do we educate young people to thrive in a world of possibility? And if we all came together around that question, pulled out a blank paper that we wanted to paint on, what would we paint for all of our children today? So... Um, and that includes having them involved in that process. So not just to say the adults do it again, but all of us together. And I think there's there's a tremendous possibility for that to happen. Well, I really hope that you get the opportunity to put that into practice yourself, Charlie. It'd be a wonderful, wonderful gift for you, having done this work tirelessly from the beginning. Oh, thank you, Peter. I do too. And um, it just would be a phenomenal way to see how we as individuals living in community together could co-create something for the, that really worked for kids going into the future. I just think that would be fantastic. 
Now, you indicated early on in the show that, that this has been a spiritually transforming experience for you personally. Perhaps you could uh, tell our listeners a bit about that as well. Um, to sit in the presence of eight to ten wise beings who have something very profound to say is a transformative experience in itself. And my journey since I started this has been the gift of being able to do that over and over again. And so to honor the gift that they have given me, I've had to deepen my own way of walking in the world, my own sense of how I see them and see all of us, how I... I've tried to take imagining learning in a direction that my own spirituality has gone, which is a place of no judgment, a place of creating an open table for all of us to come to, to speak uh, of a new vision together. And so that's kind of how my journey has been, and I've deepened it. And uh, one of the big things for me is that we bought 21 acres of land in the Smoky Mountains of North Carolina, where I've found a sanctuary, a place of deep natural beauty in which to really learn from nature, but also a place to really um, create a sense of peace in my own life and a sense of grounding so that amidst all of the banging, crashing waves of how to change education, I might be a voice speaking at a deeper level. Now, Charlie, I know uh, from from our discussions that you have... uh really connected deeply with the land uh, where you are building this beautiful, peaceful retreat center. So perhaps just uh, tell, just in a, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but in that time, perhaps tell our listeners how you've actually gone into co-creation with the land itself. Um, we believe we're stewards of this 21 acres and that it is now going to be a sanctuary for people to come to, just a few people at a time to recharge, re-energize, reconnect with nature, and let it do the healing uh, there. So um, we have walked it for two and a half years before we did anything. We just walked it and lived with it and listened to it. And then we began to let it lead us in the process of how do we build the structures, how do we live in relationship with the land rather than on the land, um, we've had a Native American blessings. We've had all sorts of spiritual encounters there that, where the land has just sort of revealed how it would like us to move and be with it. And um, we have, uh, for example, um, there's a, a bug killing the hemlock trees up and down the East Coast. Well, in order to honor the hemlocks, these marvelous, glorious plants that do so much in the forest, um, we decided to harvest the dead trees and use them within the house itself. So there'll be the siding and there'll be upright trees within the house that will stand as sentinels to all of the transformational experiences that happen. So every step of the way from feng shui, I mean, we've just done all sorts of great stuff to really stand in relationship with uh, with the land itself. And just like the children, you've listened to the land as well. Yeah, that's true, and uh, it's been—it's an amazing thing because you really have to slow down to listen, and you really have to empty yourself of all your thoughts and and look and see how the land wants to answer you, 
and it'll answer you in strangest ways. Like a man drove a tractor up our up our um, pasture five times, and he did it in exactly the same path every time, and we knew instantly that that was a way that the land wanted us to enter into the road, you know, into the property. And I mean, it just it'll do it in ways that you'll never have expected, you know. But it's just fantastic. So Charlie, I'm going to, I'm going to, we have to get close here, but I'm going to invite you back when the property is complete so you can chat with our listeners about what is happening there and how they can get there because I'm, I'm looking forward to coming myself. Oh, thank you, Peter. I'd love to come back. And um, I, I would like to say in the last two minutes that the greatest gift we could give our young people today is to create a space of listening, not listening for them, but listening to them in a way that their own inner being emerges. And that sense of connection, that sense of empowerment they get leads to engagement with life. Charlie, that's a beautiful way to finish. I really appreciate your time today. You're doing wonderful work, and, I, and I'm really, really grateful and honored that you came on the show today. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Peter. It's been a, uh, just a great blessing to be here. And thank you, audience, for listening, and um, much love to everyone. So if you wish to connect or make a donation, www.imagininglearning.us. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. My guest next week is Pamela Wilson, who is a non-duality expert and will bring through some really important understandings and awarenesses through a sort of almost a satsang-type gathering that we will have on the show next week. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. Next week, June 19th, on Wednesday, is the luckiest day of the year when Jupiter and the Sun come conjunct at 9 o'clock Pacific. So I hope you have a wonderful uh, time next Wednesday and also the solstice to follow on Thursday and Friday. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.